Good evening. This is Karen Nutt, Director of Child Development Services with the Braille Institute. We welcome you here tonight for the Dr. Bill Telephone Series. The Dr. Bill Telephone Series is an educational program focusing on pediatric eye conditions for parents, teachers, and other professionals working with young children with visual impairments. The topics presented should not be considered a medical or educational consultation, but information to help us better understand pediatric eye conditions. Tonight's top topic is binocular vision. Dr. Bill will discuss the importance of proper eye alignment and share why it is not urgent for the child to have eye surgery if their eyes are not aligned straight. The child development consultants with the Braille Institute will share ideas on how they work with children with crossed eyes and outward drifting eyes. So if you could all mute your phones. And we welcome Dr. Bill. Thank you, Dr. Bill. Oh, thank you very much, Karen. Really appreciate that very much. Well, today we're going to be talking about a topic that many people are not truly aware of. They may have heard of the word binocular vision, but the reality is binocular vision is very, very important for vision development and also the development of the child. Now, when we think about a child, we first can recognize that they have two eyes. And when a child is immediately born, many times they will open their eyes and they will look at you. And when a child opens his or her eyes and they look at you, it is such a powerful experience where you're sort of wondering, how does this child know what to look at? But they are looking right at your eyes. And when you look at their eyes, you can often tell whether or not the eyes are aligned straight or if the eyes are a little bit crooked. Now, when the eyes are aligned straight, that is what is called ortho. O-R-T-H-O. And it's very interesting because most children, when they're born, they are not ortho. They will have times in which their eyes might be crossing inward a little bit, and that is called ESO, E-S-O, tropia, T-R-O-P-I-A. And then you look at them a minute later, and you may then notice that their eyes are drifting outward. And that is called exotropia, E-X-O-tropia. Now, what happens is that when a child's eyes are not aligned straight, the child will then see double vision when they look at you. And that could be very, very confusing for the child. We actually see that many children 
who do have these misaligned eyes, they often do not make very good eye contact with their parents. In other words, when the parents bring them in for their exam, the parents don't usually say, well, my child's eyes are a little crossed or a little outward drifting. But they say, doctor, you know, my child doesn't look at my face. My child doesn't make eye contact. And I'm really worried. Is, is this a sign that my child may have autism? Do we need to begin therapy for autism? And they are so worried about autism when there is no indication at all that it actually is autism. But it just means that many of these children who do not have straight eyes, they will not look at the faces of their parents because they do not like seeing double vision. It's very, very confusing if they look at your face and they see four eyeballs and two noses and two mouths. It gets very, very confusing for them. So these kids, when they do have a misaligned eye like that, and they see double vision, they usually learn how to do a behavior to eliminate that double vision. The most common one is that they will turn their head. Okay, they might turn their head to the left so that they're only really looking out of one eye. They might turn their head at other times to the right so that they're only using one eye. They might tilt their head. And when you see this head tilt, either towards the left shoulder or the right shoulder, that's usually a sign that they're suffering from double vision. And you'll see some kids that will squint their eyes, or maybe they'll even close one eye to eliminate the double vision. So these kids, even at a very young age, you know, one week of life, they will already develop these compensatory skills to eliminate the double vision. Now, the reason that it is so important to try to eliminate this double vision is that when a child is not looking at mom or dad's face, they do not develop the ability to make eye contact. In other words, these kids, as they grow older, they continue to not make eye contact, whether it's with their friends or another adult or whoever that it might be. So that really becomes a problem because when you don't make eye contact with people, a lot of other people get very different feelings about you. I was in a support group, and these are with other adults who have low vision, and they were just talking about things that really bother them. 
And a few of the people in there talked about the fact that people have said, you must really think you're something, huh? You are so stuck up. You think you're too good to even make eye contact and look at me when I'm telling you a story. And the woman said, no, no, it's not that at all. I'm totally blind. I I can't even see your face. I don't know where to look because I can't see. And the other lady said, no, I don't believe that. I don't even believe that you're blind. I think that you're faking it, and you just think that you're better than everybody. And this woman said that it, it truly ended their friendship. They are no longer speaking as friends, and they've been friends for a very, very long time. We also see that when people do not make eye contact with other people, there's a lack of sense of closeness. I mean, I'm certain you've all experienced that when, you know, you're all going on a date and your boyfriend for the first time really stared right into your eyes just before he kissed you. You know, that was probably the best kiss ever, right? <laughs> but when someone makes that type of real concentrated eye contact with you, it means something. You could tell, but it really means something. And, and it makes you feel really, really, really good about things. The third thing that's a problem if the child is not making eye contact is that they also will then learn not to look at objects. You might give them a toy to play with and they don't look at it. They then do not try to reach for it with their hands. Their eye-hand coordination is so poor because the wiring in the brain that promotes the development of eye-hand coordination, these nerves are not making contact. And so if we think about it a little bit further, as these kids get older, their eye-foot coordination is terrible. They're often delayed in standing, they're delayed in walking, they're delayed in running, and we also find that their eye-hand coordination for sports is severely impaired. And when they have these kinds of weaknesses with their eye-hand-eye-foot coordination, it affects the way that they eat. They often have difficulties with grasping a spoon and putting cereal in their mouth. Their penmanship, their ability to print and to draw and to copy is very, very poor. And it also will 
affect their ability to type. So what this really shows us is that the way that the eyes are wired, we have millions of my of, of fibers from each eye that goes into the brain and they connect with other regions of the brain that are involved with our eye-hand coordination, with our balance, with our motor skills for running, and for doing all of these other kinds of activities. So this is the reason why it's really important that we try and straighten the eyes of a child. Now, when the eyes are misaligned like this, Let's say that a child has the crossed eyes, the esotropia. Many parents will go to the ophthalmologist. And the ophthalmologist is trained to perform surgery, to cut those muscles of the eyes, and then to reattach it so that the eyes are then straight. But the reality is is that if you perform that type of surgery, there's a very high probability that the eyes are going to become misaligned again. And it's very, very common. Kids who would come into my office when I was still practicing, very common that they've had two, three, or even four surgeries. Now, what's also really interesting is let's say that a baby has the esotropia where the eyes are crossed in. So the ophthalmologist, she does surgery, and she strains the eyes. After surgery, the eyes look great. Everybody is happy. But then a few days later, mom and dad, they notice hey, this is strange, but the eyes are now drifting outward towards the ears. It is now exotropia. So the surgeon then says, oh, well, why don't we just adjust the muscle? We could adjust this very, very easily. Let's do a very quick surgery here and let's straighten it. Okay, the eyes are then Yolanda is now joining And at that point, the eyes are looking very, very straight. Everybody's happy. But then, a few days later, parents begin to notice, hey, the eyes are crossing again now. It's now esotropia again. Surgeon says, well, let's go ahead and let's do another adjustment. They do another surgery. So you often will get this back and forth where it's crossed in, then they're crossed out, then they're crossed in, and they're crossed out. And as you do these surgeries, any time that you're cutting tissue, such as muscle, there is scar tissue that develops. And that scar tissue develops, it often will pull on a muscle and affect the alignment of the eyes. 
So we really tell parents, we really don't encourage you to rush into eye muscle surgery unless it is very, very, very severe. And now there's certain ways that we measure it. We have an instrument where we can measure it. And if it is more than 30 units, if the eyes are crossed by more than 30 units, we then say this is something that probably we should consider surgery because this is just so severe. But overall, though, we really want to try and to straighten the eyes by prescribing glasses, prisms, and then with what our therapists are going to share with you, there's many different types of exercises. And we may find that by six months of age, a child who did have the misaligned eyes will have straight eyes. Hello, is that Yolanda? Yes. Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm doing pretty good, Doctor. How about yourself? Fine, thank you. Hey, can you mute your phone for us because we're, we're recording it tonight? Sure, sure, I'm thank sorry. You. I will. That's okay. So, in terms of how glasses can be prescribed to help to straighten the eyes, let's begin with the esotropia, where the eyes are crossed. We can often prescribe what is called a plus lens. And a plus lens is kind of like a magnifying lens. It'll make things look bigger. And it allows the child to relax the muscles of their eyes. And when they relax the muscles, the eyes will then straighten. After the child has worn that prescription for a couple of weeks, we then change it. And with the new prescription, It'll allow them to relax their eye muscles and their eyes will straighten even more. Now, if a child has the eyes that are drifting outward, exotropia, we use a minus lens. And a minus lens is a lens that will force the child to pull the eyes. We're forcing them to use those muscles. And as they look at everything through those glasses, the muscles then develop and they start to focus. And a couple of weeks later, then we'll adjust the prescription again. And what's really wonderful with this is that usually, again, by six months, we will find that the eyes are then straight. In other cases, we will also use a different type of a lens called a prism lens. And these prism lenses will force the child to pull the muscles differently again. 
So there are many optometrists who specialize in this type of work, and there are some ophthalmologists who are believers in this type of work. And there's also other ophthalmologists who do not believe in this type of work. They say, hey, I could cut this eye muscle and strain the eye in 15 minutes. But we then say, the problem is it doesn't last. It doesn't last the surgery in many cases. We need to teach them how to use their eyes and their muscles and things together. And that's where it comes to doing different exercises. So I'm going to ask some of the Braille child development staff or anybody out there who, who has some ideas. Let's pretend that we have a child who has the esotropia and the eyes are crossing and we have prescribed the glasses to help the child to straighten the eyes. But does anybody have any suggestions of exercises that could help this child to learn to straighten the eyes? Dr. Bill? Yes. Hi, this is Liz. Um, hey, Liz, I, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Fine, thank you. Uh, there's this exercise I heard about um, using, like, a pencil or a marker, and I have them hold it kind of, like, at the bridge of their nose and then move it, like, far away from them and then back and then have them try to focus on the pencil or something and then focus on something next to it and then back at the pencil. Very good. Yes. Oh yeah. That's that's one of the most read that but yeah. That's one of the more popular exercises in it and it's something that parents could do very easily. They don't have to buy any equipment. You could use a pencil or a crayon or uh you know for us Asians, we always have chopsticks in the house, uh, but mm-hmm. we can have them look at that, and it helps them to learn to pull their eyes outward and to straighten it. Yeah, or they can even just use, like, their thumbs, like hold their, their hand or their thumb out and use that, too. Yeah. You know, Liz, I'm just curious. Where did you read and find out about that? Did you find a book I don't- on... Vision therapy? I don't know where I heard that or read um, that, but I I don't know where. I just picked that up somewhere, and I've tried that with a few of my kiddos. Um, I don't know where I read it. <laughs> wow, that's great. No, that is fantastic. Thank you. Does anybody else have any other types of exercises that could be performed to help a child with the esotropia. Uh, Dr. Bill, it's Liz again. Yes, um, I don't. Thank you. <laughs> I've um, I just kind of uh, 
thought of this on my own. I don't, um, maybe you could tell me if this is good or not. But there's these YouTube videos that I found that do um, for, like, eye muscle um, training. And you follow the dot along, like, there's up and down, and then there's side to side, and there's a figure eight. And you just kind of, uh, you're supposed to focus on the little ball and as it travels along the line. And um, I did that. Uh, last week, and I kind of hard to tell virtually, but the parent, because um, I did a, a screen share, but the parent said that that it seemed to, like, the, the child was trying to follow the ball on the screen. Hey, was that YouTube video put on by uh, um, Eye Doctor? Because, yeah, that's another... I think so. Yeah, I think it okay. was. Yeah, great, that. great. That's a fantastic exercise. It's very good. Well, you know, another type of thing you could do is you could think about the child and, you know, the child's seeing double vision. The situation if a child has a crossed eye, there is a distance that if you hold the child closer to the computer screen or to the television, let's say maybe it's six inches away from the screen, at that distance, the child will not see double vision looking at that TV. And what you could then do is you could then slowly rock that child further away from the TV and bring the child a little closer back and a little further back and closer again. And as you're doing that, the child is then learning. As you pull the child further from the TV screen, the child is then learning how to straighten those eyes. They also get the reward of it because they're able to see whatever is on the TV in it, and it's not double vision. So that's another type of an easy thing that uh, parents could do. You could also do similar things if you're feeding a child. Maybe this child feeds with a bottle. Well, you could put the bottle at a distance that's close enough where it looks like that is the distance the child's eyes are pointing at. And then, like Liz said, you can move that bottle. You can move it from left to right, up and down. And then start to pull it a little further away from the child. And that's going to force the child to straighten the eyes. And we're going to look. We hope that the child then extends his or her hands trying to reach for that bottle. When we see that they are then reaching for it with their hands, we also know we're developing that type of eye-hand coordination. Hey, now, what about when a child has the eyes that are drifting outward, the exotropia? What could we do for a child who has that type of exotropia to encourage them to straighten their eyes or to bring their eyes inward? 
essentially it would be just the opposite. Just the opposite. We might start off with toys and things that are further away. And then we're going to bring it closer to the child's face so that the child then tries to cross the eyes. Or we have a milk bottle and bring it closer to the child's eyes so the child then starts to cross the eyes. Or if we're watching TV, maybe we start across the room and then we start bringing the child in closer. By the way, change the subject here, but did any of you happen to watch Mulan this past weekend? No, not yet. Oh, if you get a chance, you know somebody who has that Disney Plus thing. It, it, I thought it was really very, very good. So I, I hope that you guys enjoy it as well. But do any of the uh, consultants or anybody else in the audience have some other suggestions of exercises you could perform to encourage a child to cross the eyes and to straighten the eyes? Dr. Bill, this is Patty. Hey, Patty, how are you? Hey, great. So what I like to do with the kids and the parents is just some simple ball play where I have one parent um, with a child sitting in their lap and another parent a few feet away and just rolling, you know, a, a ball back and forth, like a soccer oh, ball or a volleyball yeah. on a dark, like, surface or a dark towel. So at least there's that high contrast also. And just following it, coming towards them and moving away towards the other parents. And they usually enjoy it because of the social aspect of Mommy, daddy, and ball play. <laughs> oh, that's a great exercise. It is great. That is exactly one of the types of exercises we recommend for home vision therapy for parents. That is really very good. And sometimes if a child's not really paying attention to the ball, we may need to find a ball that has bells in it, you know, and mm -hmm. that might get their attention a little bit, but... That's excellent, Patty. Thank you. Does anybody else have any other uh, ideas of activities that could help to straighten a child's eyes? Okay. Well, if you know of somebody who has a child with misaligned eyes, please please have them contact Braille Institute and we'd be happy to answer any of their questions and get them going into the right steps. But you could remind them, number one, that it's very common for young children, six months and younger, to have misaligned eyes. Number two, you do not have to rush into eye surgery. And number three, we have many exercises that will develop their eye coordination, which will develop their depth perception and their eye-hand coordination to help them out in all activities they grow older. Does anybody have any other questions or comments? 
Okay, Karen, let me turn it over to you. Thank you, Dr. Bill. Um, if any of the parents or attendees tonight have any questions, um, please feel free to ask. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be um, about this training, but Dr. Bill has expertise in um, eye diseases and eye conditions, and so if you have any questions, please feel free to ask. Great. Okay, no oh. questions. Well, we okay, thank well. you all for being here tonight. Thank you, Dr. Bill. We well, certainly appreciate your time and expertise. Well, thank you for sponsoring this every month. And also like to thank uh, Dick Burden from Airs LA for recording this. So and you all have a, have a great evening, and let's go watch the end of the Laker game, okay? <laughs> Before we leave tonight, um, we are having a training again tomorrow afternoon with uh, Dr. Bill, uh, Diane Christian, Keith Christian, and Tori Schladen on um, children with low vision and uh, visual impairments. So please join us at 4 o'clock tomorrow evening. If um, I want to also thank our consultants for sharing your expertise tonight. And if you need a flyer about tomorrow, um, please email myself or your child development consultant, and they will send you the flyer for tomorrow with the call-in information. Again, thank you again, and we appreciate your time. Have a great evening, everyone. Okay. Good night. Thank you.